0: Hey everyone, uh, my name is Jared and I'll be going through, I'll be reading for us Ezekiel 36 verses 22 to 28. That's on page 724. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. and from all your idols i will cleanse you and i will give you a new heart and a new spirit i will put within you and i will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules you shall dwell in the land that i give to your fathers and you shall be my people and i will be your god
1: G'day guys, my name's Lockie, I'm reading the second uh, reading for tonight. Uh, So that's Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 to 18, Uh, and that's found on page 975. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation." And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen.
2: Amen. Well, I got an email from the girls' school this week Uh, once again outlining the dangers of social media for teenagers. You guys are familiar with this message, I hope, about the negative pressure to appear in a certain way, to get the likes, to to always be on show, to put your best face forward so you can get approval and uh, you can get the the likes and the ticks on what you put up. And um, the email was noting how, you know, it's not for nothing, the leaders of these big tech companies over in the US, there's lots of reports about... They're not giving their kids screens and they're not letting them uh, onto social media accounts because they know about the corrosive effect of that always-on show uh, competing for approval, uh, what that, the effect that has on us. Um, so I'm glad I didn't grow up with Facebook. I grew up with Little House on the Prairie, right? <laughs> um, I didn't grow up with the internet. But of course, uh, living in fear of the disapproval of others wasn't invented by Steve Jobs, We actually don't need the internet for that. It's always been a great danger. And it can bring you to ruin no matter the stage of life you're at. It can bring you to ruin. Um, Am I wearing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I thinking the right things? Am I teaching the right things from the Bible so the culture will approve of me? So that I'll feed my sense of self by what others say. That can lead your, your life deeply off into the weeds. In our passage uh, tonight, Paul applies the gospel, I think, to this issue, among other things. And so I'm just very briefly going to um, hopefully show you how he does that, how we can be steadied to live in the face of the opinions of others, not giving in to them. Uh, now, uh, verse 11, let's jump in. And as usual, oh, where's my sermon slides? Who's sitting back there? I can't see under the hat. Is it? Yeah, Grace, you might grab them. I think it's helpful to have that. You'll have to grab them out at 4 o'clock. I think that's my fault. Uh, not, or, sorry, grab them out of morning, actually, because the 4 o'clock will be the, uh, the added two ones. Uh, jump into verse 11. Uh, Paul appears to have taken the pen from his scribe. Look at that. See with what large letters I'm writing to my own hand. People have all sorts of ideas about this. Maybe his eyesight was poor, so he had to write big, um, or uh, uh, you know, his so his eyesight's bad. He had to write big so he could read it. Um, look, I think whatever the case is, look, he's not a scribe. Scribes in those days, uh, writing materials are precious, and they, they write very neatly. He's not a scribe. Whatever the reason, the point is, he's writing himself to reassure the Galatians. It's really him who's the author of this letter you might remember the issues from way back in chapter 2 about his authority as an apostle. And as he writes, he outlines the two opposing views of salvation that have dominated the letter. And we've got kind of a summary, if you like, of Galatians through here. On one hand, you've got the teaching of the law teachers, the circumcision party. Um, That's the evil view. And it leads to destruction. On the other hand, Paul's view of salvation, which is salvation by faith, which is the work of the Spirit, trust in Jesus, which leads to life. So we've got these two opposing views, and I just want us to get a snapshot of them. Uh, Let's look at the first one from verse 12. Okay, here's the first one. It's law thinking. Thanks for getting those up, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, look at verse 12. Um, now let's, let's read through it and I just want you to pay attention to their motivation. Okay, these circumcision guys, these law preaching guys. Uh, it's not hard, it's not tricky. Just pay attention to it as we go through. Verse 12. It's those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law But they desire to have you circumcised that they might boast in your flesh. Okay, so the whole circumcision, that's Old Testament law stuff. uh, Shorthand for for that whole system of law about earning righteousness. It's the view that Jesus is not enough. That you need to do stuff yourself to win God's approval and acceptance. Okay, what's their motivation? Have a look at verse 13. What's their motivation? It's so they can boast. Right. Hey, look what we did amongst the Galatians. Look at the recruits we won for our position. It's that kind of boasting. But boasting only means something if you've got an audience, right? If you go way out in the bush and boast, I don't think that works. Don't do that. You're a crazy person if you do that. Okay. Um, it only works if it now, who's the audience? For the boasting. Work it backwards. Come into verse 12. They want to boast in flesh for what? For what reason? To avoid persecution. Persecution from who? Well, it's other Jews. They don't want people to attack them for abandoning law teaching, for abandoning the circumcision position. Um, They don't want persecution. They want comfort. They want praise from men. If people are praising you, they won't hurt you, generally speaking. These guys fear man. That's their motivation. Brothers and sisters, here's a serious word. You cannot be Christian, sincerely, and not suffer. The cross means you will suffer. It is not the way to a comfortable, swimming along with the culture kind of life. It's not the way. If you trust Jesus, you will be sneered at and you'll be derided and you will feel foolish in the face of your culture at least sometimes. The cross is the fragrance of life for some, but it is the stench of death for others. Jesus says, take up my cross and follow me. Come and be sneered at with me. Come and be rejected by the world with me. Perhaps even come and be physically harmed and killed with me. Not typical in the West in the last couple of hundred years, pretty typical through history and around, around the world right now. If comfort and the praise of men is your priority, you won't, be answer, you won't be able to answer his call take up my cross. Examine yourself. Do you long for the praise of the people around you? Do you resist being uncomfortable at all costs? Uh, What you need is the other way of thinking. Uh, It's in verses 14 and 15. Uh, Let's read it again uh, from verse 14. Uh, It says, But far be it from me, so, but we're contrasting with what's just gone before, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. So all the way through Galatians, the law circumcision way of thinking has been contrasted with the faith way of thinking. And here you see what the faith way of thinking leads to. What does it lead to? A new creation. What's this talking about? Well, well, Jesus said in John chapter 3, to Nicodemus, Nicodemus came at night. And so Jesus how can I be saved? And Jesus says, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? You're freaking me out. How does that work? And he says, no, mate, I'm talking about being born again by water and spirit. In other words, by repentance and faith. That's what the water symbolizes. Repentance is what faith represents, uh, what spirit represents. Uh, faith, when you place your trust in Jesus, it's not like changing your mind about an intellectual issue. Oh, okay, I get it now. Changed my mind, cool, on with my life. No, it's not a question of personal preference. Oh, that's me, that's you, whatever. It doesn't matter which way you go. No, you're remade. You become a new thing. You become a new person. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, that is trusting in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Uh, We read from Ezekiel before. God says, I'm going to do this. You guys can't do this by the law. I'm going to do it. It's going to be for my my glory. I'm going to give you a new heart, the the new center of your entire being. This hard one that can't do it. This hard heart that can't obey me. I'm going to take it out and I'm going to give you a new heart. And so, this is why Paul writes in chapter 2, verse 20, here in Galatians I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, because it's a new life, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A Christian is a new creation. Now, here's the thing about a creation. A creation is created. You're like, yes, (laughs) I get that. No, no, listen. A creation has to be made, a creation has a creator. You're not self made. That's the whole point of being a faith person. In law thinking, you make yourself, you prove yourself, you work, uh, it's your work uh, that counts. Faith thinking means, uh, do you want me to grab this other mic, Peter? Faith thinking means understanding that you have one who remakes you. So it's all about Jesus in faith thinking. It's the power of the cross where Christ wins forgiveness for you. And so then it's Christ in you by his spirit growing you more and more like him. It's not your work that counts it's christ that counts is the fact that you're a new creation that's what counts so the way of faith naturally faith thinking doesn't boast in itself the whole world encourages you to what believe in yourself to love yourself first, to seek glory for yourself. It really is all about you. But far be it from the followers of Jesus to boast in anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you boast in. Certainly don't boast in circumcision or any other work of the law or any form of self-righteousness. You boast in Jesus. You boast in the cross. So you should ask yourself, okay, what does boast mean? I thought boasting was bad sort of dealt with this a uh, couple of weeks ago. But what does boasting mean? Um, uh, cricket season is here. This is an event this week from my house. This is live preaching. Um, uh, cricket season's here. I love cricket season. I don't play anymore. Hamish plays. So it's new bat time because he's grown. And the money I spent last year on a new bat, it's, it's gone. Got to buy a new bat. And it's pretty cool buying a new bat with your son. And uh, I remember when I got a new bat, when I was about Hamish's age, I remembered this this week. Um, I got an SS Jumbo Junior. Very exciting times. Dave's nodding. Uh, this was my first proper willow bat. You had to oil it and stuff, and you had to sand and stuff, and, like, it was new, and, like, I slept with this thing, man. Like, i just uh, take it to bed, and you had to get the, the cricket ball in the sock and hang it from the clothesline and, you know, knock it in. Very exciting. What did I want to do with that bat? I wanted to take it to school to show it to my friends. Oh, look at my new bat. How cool is it? Here, tap a ball, feel how good the middle is. Hey, smell the lint Oh, it's awesome. I love my bat. Look, it's got a really cool grip, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Dad wouldn't let me. You're not taking your good bat to school because the other kids will bash it on the cement and it's not for that and all the rest of it. Did I let Hamish take his new bat to school this week? No, I did not. Right. No. <laughs> I'm not letting him take his bat. Um, I boasted in that bat. I wanted to. Couldn't boast in it until I got to go to cricket training the first time, I guess. The word boast means that the Christian doesn't simply say, "Oh, Jesus dodged me, okay, I'll get it. Job done, all right. No, no, no. The new creation Christian says, look how much Jesus loves me. Look how wonderful his forgiveness and freedom is. How wonderful is it to be assured of eternal life? Look at him. It's wonderful being a Christian. Jesus is awesome. That's boasting. That's glorying in Jesus. And the effect of this, you see, Paul says, the world is crucified to him. See, on the one hand, boasting in the cross, on the other, dead to the world. It's not that the world is insignificant. It's not that the world doesn't matter. It's not, the way, it's not that you don't serve in the world and love people and, and care for creation. It's that the world and its opinions hold no fear for Paul anymore. Because he boasts in Jesus and everything's been done for him on the cross. He is steadied and secured in the face of of the criticism of the world, of the derision of the world, of persecution from the world. Here's a solid cross-reference for you. Philippians 3, verse 8, famous words. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is going, the cross is awesome. Jesus is beautiful. Eternity is long. The world is growing dim that's what he's saying you know i'd give all that up in a heartbeat in order to keep that that's what he's saying so the cross is a great treasure isn't it we boast in it we glory in it it's not just information we accept Uh, listen to mary's words in luke chapter 1 mary's song my soul my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I just wonder if your soul responds like that when we pray the prayer of confession with Brandy before. The forgiveness you have, the freedom that's been won for you, the eternity that has kept up in store for you. So, on the one hand, the world is dead. He doesn't live for it anymore, but he lives for God. Um, It's what's been given to us in the gospel that makes all this possible. Have a look at verse 16. Peace and mercy. Verse 16. Now, if you've been sitting here the whole series, you are like, I don't know, I I don't get it. Preaching's been rubbish. I don't understand Galatians at all. Here's your chance. Jump in on chapter 6, verse 16, and you get a little snapshot of the whole book, okay? You won't get the detail, uh, but uh, you might get a pass mark out of this, all right? Because there's going to be a test next week. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay, uh, here it is. You ready? Verse 16. As for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Let's, how is this all of Galatians? Let's just unpack it a little bit. Uh, what's the rule that's been written? Well, uh, the rule is what we've just looked at. It's the rule of the cross. It's the rule of salvation by faith. Okay, And uh, it's, it's not by keeping the law. It's, it's by being born again by faith. That's, that's what brings us salvation. And, and, okay, that's the rule. Okay? And we're to walk in it walk by it or in it it's actually the same word as chapter 5 and verse 25 so I think we're meant to connect the walking by this rule to the notion of marching by the spirit so as we march by the spirit we hold to the rule of the gospel we hold to this rule I remember Colossians 1 verse 23 we looked at this a couple of weeks ago we're going to be presented holy and blameless before him if indeed we continue stable and steadfast into faith, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. So you keep walking in the gospel. Don't shift from it. Keep marching by the Spirit and you will be saved. Okay? Now, if you do that, if you do that, you'll be part of the Israel of God. Do you see that? It's a funny phrase, isn't it? Israel of God. In other words... Israel isn't defined by law-keeping. It's not defined by circumcision. It's defined by new creations with their faith in the cross. So Paul's been addressing this circumcision party. He's been addressing these law guys. He's going, you guys think it's all about Abraham. Abraham was a man of faith. It's all about faith. That's what creates the Israel of God. And the Israel of God knows, and has, mercy and peace. If you've received mercy from God, all the work has been done for you by Jesus. And he just gives it to you. You can't deserve mercy. Do you understand that about mercy? You can't deserve it. You can't earn it. Otherwise it's not mercy been brought in by Jesus you're secure religious practice you know it's all about progress I hope I'm stepping forward and that one day God will approve of me gee it's terrifying but the gospel is not about making progress it's about position it's about the status you have in Christ Um, famous words uh, go left into Romans 5 If you hit like Isaiah, you've gone too far, okay? Hit the gospel's gone too far. Who's quick? Who's got a page number? 942. 942. Look at Romans 5, verse 1 with me. Have we got it? Famous words. Therefore, it's big therefore. He's just been laying out an argument for four chapters. That's your homework. Go and read that. Here we are. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, what do we have? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we've also obtained access, how? By faith into this grace in which we stand. That's the language of being established. And so we rejoice, same word, we boast. We glory in the hope of the glory of God. Look at the language through there. Faith, peace, faith, grace, rejoice, hope. That's your position with your trust in Jesus. It's not about earning possessions. It's about taking hold of what you already possess. Friends, do you have this peace and mercy? Are you assured of where you stand with God? If you're not a believer here tonight, there's no other way to have peace with God than Jesus. You've got to go through Jesus. Uh, I want to encourage you to be someone who confesses their sin who takes hold of that peace, who receives mercy. And from that, we saw last week, what do you reap? You reap eternal life. If you already trust in Jesus here tonight, do you understand the finality of the cross? It's done. It's done for you. None of us is going to be saved because of anything you do. You can't earn any further God's approval of you. All you can do is be in Christ by putting your faith in Him. So you are ultimately secure. You can just put your roots down in that spot and then boast in it. It's not about me. It's about Him. Isn't He cool? Isn't He awesome? Isn't He wonderful? Isn't He kind? He's my Saviour. I just boast in Him. And do you know what that will melt if you do that? Your fear. Of the disapproval of others. Because you will never ultimately be crushed. You will never suffer ultimate loss. You are secure in God's love because of what Christ has won for you.